0: McKinney, this is according to Callus. This is Episode 260, and today we'll be talking about the military woes. <clears throat> in case you're not sure what that means, apparently, and I've watched a couple of videos uh, in the last week or two about this, the concern is we are not getting adequate recruitment. And when you don't have enough members of the military, you can't fulfill the roles and the mission. And the particular last one I watched uh, came up with a couple of ideas why they thought we might be having an issue. And they're not wrong, but I'm going to deviate slightly because everything that I'm going to say today related to why the military doesn't have people could be easily translated into why we don't have people willing to do much of anything today. All right, here we go. Uh, I think they're all loosely related and coincidentally enough, all four issues begin with M. So, number one, no men. What do I mean by no men? Just what I said. Oh, there's some men still, but once upon a time, you had, let's call them a divergent minority of males who just never grew up or never had a chest to pin a medal on. Now, society is always accepted. That's the way it is. Not everybody is a warrior. Not everybody is a poet. Not everybody is an engineer, right? Everybody's got different things that they're skilled at, but even engineers and poets could be men. I don't think anybody thought Ernest Hemingway was a wuss. I don't think anybody thought that, well, I don't know, Lee Iacocca or Henry Ford were wusses. They were men, they act like men they behave like men. Now, let's put a coda or a brief stop in here. I'm trying to distinguish the difference between a male and a men or a man, okay? You can have lots of males and and some will even call, claim to be alpha or alphas or whatever designation they want to give themselves, and while that may all be true, a man is typically somebody Who then takes on a family or a responsibility greater than himself and accepts it willingly and graciously. And when you have a lack of people that are men, males don't replicate into men because there aren't enough good examples perhaps or because being a man is somehow thought to be wrong. Apologize, little technical difficulty. I was saying, over the last several decades, the definition of what makes a man has changed dramatically. And it's come to the point now that we can't even define what a man is, much less a woman. So, if you don't have men, and I would say even preferred, if you don't have gentlemen it's very difficult to find anybody willing to sacrifice and put something as a greater good than he is. All right. Next thing, no morals, no moral cause. This I think is most (laughs) easily seen in the current zeitgeist. It's your own truth. It's your truth as you see it. It's the moral relativism to where you just don't know that anything's right or wrong and it could be both and it, and nothing is clear. Now I am going to be the first to admit that most military engagements are in fact gray. I mean, you need not look any further than uh, a pretty famous general whose name just escaped me. Dog got it. Ah, uh, he wrote a tract, which was a book, if you will, uh, War is a Racket. And uh, it pains me that I can't remember the guy's name is, uh jeez, But in any case, he, he wrote the book, basically outlining what he figured out as a general. And he wasn't just a general, he was the general. And... He was given not one, but two Congressional Medals of Honor. And the takeaway that he had was, and it was Smedley, General Smedley Butler. The United States Marine Corps Major General. And he came to the conclusion that his job was basically to be at the beck and call of the industrial interests of the United States. Now, whether or not that's always been true, I can't say. Whether or not that is still true, I can't say. But what is true is it's not always cut and dry. It's not always clear what it is that's going on. And if you can't be clear, that moral ambiguity, wow, the moral ambiguity starts to eat away at a man. Now, the generation before mine had Vietnam. And after a while, they started to deduce that all is not what it seems to be here. They began to question what exactly we're doing. Because the moral basis of which they were serving, the moral basis of which they agreed to go do this dirty work, for lack of a better word, had been degraded. They just didn't know. And that directly ties into the ideal of motivate, or I'm sorry, mission. There was no known mission. Right now, the United States military feels it should be able to fight two full-on wars in two fronts. Two separate fronts simultaneously. And I got to tell you, that's a stretch. Uh, I don't think any empire was ever able to pull that off. I mean, the... The Roman Empire basically exhausted themselves fighting the Persian Empire. The Persian Empire exhausted themselves fighting the Roman Empire. Later on, the various uh, tribes of... um, (laughs) I'm trying to think of what the word I want to use here is. Uh, You know, the Vandals, the Visigoths, the barbarian tribes, they came in and they basically laid waste to the uh, Western Roman Empire but it took a long time before the Eastern Roman Empire fell and that was largely based upon the fact that they had exhausted themselves fighting the Persian Empire and then of course later on we had the various uh, tribes or waves of people if you will uh, the hordes, for lack of a better word, coming out of the Asian steppes, right? You had, uh, finally, the Khans, right? The Mongols came. And it wasn't until they hit Egypt, where the Mamalukes were able to defeat them, uh, Vietnam, where the Vietnamese were able to defeat them, and I want to say it was a combination of European powers, including the Poles, that put a stop to them in Europe, and as they subsided away, the uh, Khanates came about, and various other groups. But again, there was a mission that they had. But they were exhausted when it was done. They, even the Mongols couldn't hold it together forever. And and now I'm getting off my mission. <laughs> the The idea is is a military exists. To defend one's nation. A military may on occasion go on an offensive move. I mean, the Romans used it. Uh, well, this guy's a potential threat, so we're going to offensively attack them now to defeat them so they don't become a threat later on. And finally, the empire got large enough that they had to come to a stop. They ran out of enemies. The United States has largely been insulated by two oceans. The United States has largely been able to be the mm, caged lion. We had the Atlantic and the Pacific on either side. And then we stayed out of a lot of things until such time that uh, we got dragged in. And when we got dragged in, we were the tipping force. We were the joiners of the uh, winning team, if you will. And... It wasn't until we decided to go it alone, it wasn't until we decided that we were going to be the world policemen that we got off mission and uh, we just lost track of what we were supposed to be doing. (laughs) Uh, Yes, and I'm kind of talking about myself right now. The idea is that if you don't have a (sighs) cohesive thought pattern, if you don't have a directed action, if you don't have good men in place to do these things, you cannot sustain it, which then leads to a lack of motivation, no motivation to do what? I mean, we're going to go there so they don't come here. How did that work for us? Uh, We're going to go liberate this country that doesn't want to be liberated we're going to go instill democracy in some place that doesn't want democracy. We're going to defend ourselves when we don't really defend ourselves at all. Look at our southern border. The motivation's just not there. And we have a plethora of young men. Some are still millennials and some are Gen Z. And they have zero motivation because they really don't see that There's an objective moral standard of which that they can work off of, right? There's this right, this is wrong. They don't know what a man is. They don't know what the mission would be other than maybe they get their college paid for. But apparently now we will forgive their college debts. So why would they be motivated? For what purpose? What would be gained by doing this? Now, one of the things that was brought up as a criticism is the woke military. And I don't honestly know how woke the military is. And I can't say that it wasn't an issue before. I mean, I had to go to lectures on the red light, green light nonsense. I had to go uh, learn how to not be offensive. (laughs) Maybe it took, maybe it did. But if you're a gentleman... You treat ladies with respect. The problem is when you put a bunch of women in uniform and we're all supposed to be equal and we're all supposed to be treated the same, it's awfully hard to see somebody wearing green or blue as anything other than an equal. They're no longer ladies. I mean, that's what they said they wanted. that. That's what we were supposed to do. And that was all fine and dandy until it no longer worked in their advantage. It was a dual-edged sword. They wanted it both ways. And they ask for trouble when they do that. So, just take a... I realize I put a code in earlier. Let me take a moment to clarify a few things. Now, I realize this is going to be unpopular speech, but I'm going to say it anyway. I don't really believe, and I've I've said something similar before, but I'm going to make sure I state it a little more clearly in case it wasn't before. I don't really believe that women have any business in a combat troop situation. I suspect that even though a small percentage of them may be able to be really good pilots, that's not ideal. I suspect... And can probably prove out that they have no business on a combat ship. And I have doubts they belong on tenders based upon my personal direct knowledge and lots of secondary intel I gathered, you know, at this point, nearly 30 years ago. And while they perform admirably and are great in some capacities in the military, by and large, the military is inhabited by men. A large percentage there of men and men have a very hard time wrapping their heads around the idea that they're supposed to protect and cherish their women or women in general when they're being told that private smith over there is supposed to be treated exactly the same as them when private smith is incapable of doing but maybe three-quarters of what Private Jones is having to do. Or, or Seaman uh, callus, which I was not. I was Fireman Callas. But Fireman callus has to observe another fireman, uh, we'll call it uh, Adams, who can't carry their half of the power generator. How am I supposed to believe... That that's my equal. How am I supposed to believe that that's my partner? That's my shipmate when they can't do the job. Now, if it was a man or somebody that was male, we would make it clear to them that they were subpar if they couldn't do that, if they couldn't carry their half or they couldn't do the job. And we would be honestly merciless back in the early nineties when I was in Uh, you stink. And we'd be used lots of other colorful language to explain why they are falling down on the job. But if you do that to a lady or a woman or a female who is also in that same uniform, I suspect that you will be going before, oh, I don't know, your division officer, the XO or the captain because reasons. But if somebody can't do the job and they're slowing everything down, What are we going to do about it? We can't cater everything to a small percentage. Now, I'm sorry. Maybe there are some ranks in the military or some jobs in the military which are predominantly female. I would imagine that would include some of the medical departments, some of the personnel departments, some of the storekeeping departments. And... Those are largely non-competitive roles. Those are largely supportive roles. And I really have no qualms with that. But when you're on a ship and you're under attack and they say all hands, man your battle stations, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to work really hard to convince me that four foot nothing, hundred pound, whatever, is going to be able to do the same job. I'm not seeing it. I'm sure there's some job that could be done. Maybe they could be on the quarter deck. Maybe, maybe they could be in uh, Damage Control Central taking reports. I, I don't know. But if I'm going on a fire team, which in the Navy ship, that's an entirely different situation than if you're in the jungles, right? But if I'm going to be addressing some kind of issue, I want somebody that's going to be able to carry that hose behind me. I'm going to want somebody that can, you know, Man, a, uh, ax. I want, I want somebody that's going to do that. And I realize maybe 2% of women out there are up for the job. Maybe it's 1%. Maybe it's 5%. I really don't know, but I don't want to change the entire order of things so that I can put women in the line of fire. Now, maybe I'm being patriarchal. Maybe I'm just being, um, Cro-Magnon, whatever, uh, but if I'm supposed to cherish respect and uh revere womankind, how am I doing that by basically telling my daughter you're gonna go fight for this country? By by telling my daughter that there is no special value to in, innate of being a female, so you can go sacrifice yourself. <sighs> Now we have lots of little sissy boys that'd be happy to go sit at home and play their video games and not have to ever lift a finger to defend their country. And I'm sure there's a small percentage of females that are up to the task that would go do the job. I mean, oh yes, uh, Deborah, Ruth, and uh, oh, what is it? What is it? Um, Esther, right? Women such of these for a time such as that. Great. Yes. There are the exceptions to the rules. And everybody acknowledges there's exceptions to the rules. But you don't base your society, you don't base your military on the exceptions to the rules. But when we have basically neutered our men, when we've told little boys that they should go play video games and not grow up to become men, or that everything male is bad, what do we expect? We're going to be on the scrap heap of history We won't have to worry about the Russians or the Chinese or whatever invading. There's not going to be anything left. Now, one of the other things that was pointed out on more than one occasion is we're barely at replacement for generations. We're not having enough children. Now, that's not abnormal for a wealthy society. They don't feel the need to have children because they already have all that they want. They don't desire anything more. It's when a group of people are hopeful and they think things are going to get better and they, they are striving for more that they might have a lot of children, particularly if there's a decent likelihood they're going to lose some of those children on the way of them getting older to be able to function as adults. And I don't know how we fix that. I mean, China's got uh, the same problem, but for different reasons, as does every other Western nation. You have to be able to replace your generation to generation. And you probably want to grow a little bit every generation, but we can't even do that. And we're never going to be able to do that if we make men worthless. Now, it's all well and good that we have lots of educated, independent females. Sure. Sure. And for that 2% of them that are willing to go get dirty and work as mechanics or go climb in the sewers to work on that. Or some of them will, you know, 1% maybe want to be plumbers or maybe a couple of electricians or carpenters. I mean, really, is that is that realistically what we can count on our society uh, existing on is a bunch of ladies doing the men work because men don't become men anymore. So if you're looking at the military and you don't have any men and they don't know what it means to be a man and they don't, mm, I don't know, respect or cherish women, but they're afraid of them. And there's no direct mission or no understanding of the importance of the value that being a gentleman or a man is. And they're not taught how to be that Is it any wonder why there is zero motivation to do anything or think beyond yourself? Or, I don't know, consider that there is a value outside of your own immediate pleasures. Now, some of this lays at the feet with misguided priorities within the military itself. But I suspect this is much greater than that quite frankly heather has two mommies as a recruiting film not inspiring frankly worried about uh whether little johnny has a i don't know what i'm just it's irrelevant none of that is helpful the military is supposed to turn let's call them boys into young fighting men And when I look at the fact that we're looking to get a bunch of girls to come in and do what was men's work, because we can't find enough men to do it, that makes me a little worried. I find that a little concerning. There should be no shortage of men or young men that want to become soldiers, sailors, Marines, and airmen. You would think there would be a lot of people lining up to be pilots. Man, I would tell you if I was 21 again and I had the eyesight to pull it off and the um, natural aptitude, who wouldn't want to fly an F-14 or an F-15 or an F-16 or an F-18? They even had something called an F-111 when I was a young kid which was like uh, the F-14's biggest brother, cousin, or whatever you want to call it, with the swing wings. That was cool. And then the B-1B. I mean, these were all awesome to look at. Who wouldn't want to fly that? And you had to earn your way up there. But, boy, it's just easier and quicker to sit at home and play video games, I guess. Like, go hide in the metaverse. and, sit and Find a nice, safe space. It hasn't always been this. I mean, I guess to the opposite extreme, you could look at the Spartans, right? Well, that baby wasn't born perfect. So we're just going to throw it in the ash heap here and uh, let nature take its course. And we're going to take our uh, boys and we're going to bring them up to be manly men. And they're going to be fighters. But not all of them, of course, because some of them actually need to do work around our uh, city, but the rest, they're going to learn how to be brutal fighting machines. They may not be able to function in society as a whole when they're done, but doggone it, we're going to have an awesome army. I mean, I don't think that's necessarily the solution either. And again, this is far from a slight on women. This is actually, I'm trying to explain the idea that. Yeah, undoubtedly, there are some women that can do this, but is that what's really what's best? Is that an ideal situation? If we're designing our country in our military for ideal situations, that's not going to be my first choice. Probably not even my second choice. But if you have no other choice, okay, sure, fine, yes. But you got to ask yourself, When you're planning, is that what you want to do? Is that ideal? And if it's not ideal, why would you get stuck on stupid and keep doing it? One of the studies I saw years ago was the militaries that have the most experience with women in the service have the smallest percentage of them involved in anything outside of a couple of areas. And I think at the time that was the Soviet Union or Russian Federation, depending on where we're at in the timeline, in Israel. I think both used uh, compulsory service as part of their uh, scenario to ensure that they had adequate defense. Now, again, we can barely maintain our own border, but we're all over the world sticking our nose in everybody else's business. I'm just curious. How many young men that live in California or Arizona or New Mexico or Texas might be just, I don't know, a little interested in protecting the state they live in, might just like to reel in the cartel's abuses. They might want to protect young children from being trafficked. I don't know. They may want to make it more difficult to transport the various drugs that are in vogue now across the border. How many of them might be able to do that, might be willing to do that? I don't know, because we don't bother to work at recruiting these people. We don't bother to put in effort finding them. No, no, we're far more uh, concerned about meeting some kind of quota. Another irony is the people that are willing to serve might have a mark on their, their history, right? They got in trouble with the police. You know another interesting aside is we have so many laws and so many people have been locked up and incarcerated for quite frankly less than uh important things that we destroy their lives permanently because of that, and perhaps military service could be used to redeem them, but instead we lower our standards. We're now actively recruiting people that in years past would have no business being in the military for various reasons. Because we're desperate. And why are we desperate? Well, that's a good question. I think I've answered it to the best of my ability. I've gone much longer on this than I figured I would. There are so much information out there as to speculation as to why this is. This is just my version of my speculation. Because after all, this is, according to Callison, pretty much anything that I think, I will say. And and I try and... uh, Be a little more creative and a little less crass than what uh, some other people might be. But the fact of the matter is, it's all my opinion. And I back it up as much as I can. And if you doubt me, you should go look it up yourself. You know, Mr., uh, Mr. Neil Bortz used to say... Just because I say something doesn't mean you should trust it 100%. doesn't mean that just because I say it, I'm absolutely right. You should second-guess everything and anything I say as well as anything and everything that anyone else ever says. Do your own research and back it all up. And that's what I'll say to you. Now, if you disagree with me, it's fine. It's all right. We're still a quasi-free country. You still have that right, and you should exercise it. And you can do that by making a comment below. In the meantime, I'd like you to share and share, and share. And you can like it, and you subscribe, and you can do all those things and help me spread the word. (sighs) We're doing the best we can to, you know, hold the line here in McKinney, Texas. A lot of what I say is applicable to where you are at. And sometimes I take on a bigger issue that has a direct application to something local. And I'm very confident that what I've discussed today has a local application. We may just touch on it later this week. So, with that, this was according to Callus. And until tomorrow, I will see you on the other side.